0: Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults, who may occasionally use adult language. While they promise to leap out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan.
1: Oh, hello. That's right. Welcome to the movie show with Joel and Ryan. I am Joel. And I'm. Um... And, of course, we have our good friend Shauna back! Yay! Woo-hoo. Shauna's here! Um, yeah, and and if Shauna's here, you know what that means. That means it's time for... The first rule of movie club is you talk about movie club. Ah. The second rule of movie club is you talk about movie club. That's right. It is movie club time.
2: I forgot about that from last time. <laughs> I did too. I wasn't ready
1: for it. That's awesome. <laughs> um and uh yeah, we are gonna be talking. So movie club today. Uh I can't remember who came up with this idea. Was it uh was it Ryan? Yeah, it was me. OK, so this one was a, we're celebrating that the, we're celebrating dogs. We love dogs. We're dog people. Shauna's dogs have made an appearance on this show. Yes. Um, and uh, we thought but we set up some rules. We we did. We didn't just say, OK, dog movies. Here we go. I um, don't want to we do there were
2: 10 dog movies. And we, movie club is we each try and pick a movie and do our best to pick one that, that they don't even necessarily always it a topic per se although this was an easier slightly easier topic and yeah. we each picked one to watch and to make the others watch and so i think that's nicer it's like it's like book club that's why we call it movie sure. club.
1: yeah but also within the within the topic of dogs we yeah. we we skewed away from animate we didn't want to do animation
2: no actual dogs I'm, with yeah mm-hmm. i thought that was important um, I feel like it's not really I mean there's some great animated dog movies of course but mm-hmm. I felt like the, it was important that there be a, a live real life dog performance at this at the as much at the center of these as we could get
1: yep now one one of the things I did I was it discussed I don't think it was discussed but it just happened to work out this way that also we did not have any movie we we chose the three movies that we chose didn't have like humans being the voice of dogs like there was no you know like
2: that was not laid down as a rule but Uh, yeah i was gonna say we did i think that's nice too yeah
1: Yeah. i absolutely i i i I like that too that we let the dogs performances stand on their own and that was without the help
3: individual choice in what movie we did and nobody chose kind of a cheesy or you know
1: yeah you know and and also you know the fact that we were trying to choose movies that maybe the other two hadn't seen uh ruled out some you know rules out it rules out the marley and me's it rules out uh, uh milo and otis and some of these others never seen those
2: movie-
1: <laughs> you've never seen marley and me and oh my god what, uh, what a missed opportunity i didn't even entertain that as an idea because i I've assumed never... that you had seen it
3: <laughs> would you say it was worth worth watching you liked it
2: well, Mar, I mean, Marley and Me Marley and is, Me is a classic I, I, is kind of, I is know a, what it is, is, but it Yeah, uh,
3: I do too, it, the actors yeah. and everything Yeah,
2: yeah
1: I mean, and, and that's that's, And again, kind of I mean These three movies that we chose today Kind of do sort of fit a particular They're almost like their own little Sub-niche of dog movie um, Whereas the, You know, like Marley and Me Is the journey of a dog with a family Right um, you know, they're very much dog and family. Uh, these these movies that we talk about today are kind of more, um, I don't know, dog as uh, as community member, sort of, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I,
3: kind it, of, I feel like I stayed away from Marley and Me because of the big names, honestly. You know, sure. I, uh, mm-hmm. that influenced what I thought it would be about. Whether it was right or not, and these are more movies that I feel like they were not big marketing bucks movies. Yeah. Um, some of, I mean, I hadn't heard of any of them, um, and they were interesting, a little more not glossy, not as glossy, right. more more real, I guess.
2: Yep. Story. Yeah. So, some of that's and, 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 just and that kismet. Yeah, the way they ended it's up all, being
3: related—they
2: are. They're all, they're real, all bas- real dogs played by uh, Hollywood dogs, and actually, that's not even true. They're—they're they're not. None of the dogs really are big-time Hollywood dogs. So, my favorite dog movies growing up were White Fang, and mm-hmm. you know, like survival movies, basically, where the dog yeah. was was a big part of it, or or mm-hmm. even the star of it, and you know. I like those films that what, even if they have people in them where you really follow in the dog's perspective, I think that's kind of neat. I
1: was, I was a big Benji guy growing up. I uh, loved a lot of, whenever the, ben, the the special, like the TV movies of Benji were on, that was always uh, a big deal to me, I remember.
2: Benji's super cool. Um,
1: Benji, yeah, Benji, Benji rocked. well, um,
2: yeah. uh, yellow yeah. traumatized. Even, even Oh Heavenly Dog was pretty good. That's true. Speaking There's of that. movies where a guy voiceovers the dog the
1: whole
3: Old Yeller traumatized me. I remember watching it very young. And the I original dog remember. movie, kind of. Yeah. And I don't remember even the plot, other than I think the dog died and I was out for a week
2: the dog saves somebody from a rabid animal and gets rabies himself and they have to put him down. It is rough. When you're a kid, it's a really rough film, but it, yep, it's the, it's, it, it is the uh, classic like frontier dog story truly of all time. It, it's really great.
3: It <laughs> there's the great,
1: there's a, there's a, 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 a wonderfully dumb uh, friends subplot where Phoebe, Phoebe's mom, kept kept the endings of of sad movies uh from her the uh right. for the entire time <laughs> and so they're like old yeller frontier family fun yeah they're like have you seen the ending and she's like yeah well yeah they just you know they they're hanging out and then mm-hmm. old yeller's like hey everybody and then they're like and then they are watching it and she's like well hey travis what you doing with that gun there
3: <laughs> no <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um it's tough yeah, so that,
2: that should have goes, been
3: my family to me growing up it, it probably
2: I uh, it's yeah. tough and i always say it, you know that that's one of the really super important lessons that pets teach us when you're a kid yep. and the movies are the same but you're just your own pets yourself they prepare you for that sort of loss that all the little lessons you can learn from them i really always believed that it's sad, but in a pr- profound way, the most one of the most important is that when you lose one, that emptiness and that it, that's such an important part of life. And our these animal companions of ours really they help us to prepare for that in a really important way. I believe that. I. Agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, so old Yeller follows the formula, you know, to a T. It it, the life of a pet really you you get the whole thing. It, it's yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right.
1: Let's uh, let's jump right in. Let's uh, chase that postal truck. Right. Oh, that was a big dog bark. Um, yeah, all right. He, let's say he, uh, made le- the,
2: he, he cl- clipped on the on the sound there. Yeah. He was so big. There we go. He's like you uh, when you get really excited on the show and we have to turn it down.
1: <laughs> and we have to turn it <laughs> <you> down. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's uh, let's jump in with our first movie. Our first movie is the 2011 Australian comedy drama family film, giant hit in Australia. Yeah, um,
2: and really is, beloved, super highly rated everywhere I could go and find. Yeah. You know, so.
1: Um, and this movie is called Red Dog. <laughs> Red Dog, I loved, loved Red Dog.
2: <laughs> nice. Holy. Well, well. Should buckets. we let you start or should we let Shauna start since it was Shauna's well, movie Red Dog for us?
3: Did you love it as much as Rudolph or what was that Christmas movie? Prancer.
1: Prancer. Uh, Prancer? Um no, Pr- uh, Red Dog could go ahead and um, drop a giant red deuce on Prancer for all I care. <laughs> Let's not
2: bring that <laughs> into this. Goodness
3: gracious. No. Um <laughs> no need to be edited out the word. Yeah. So good job.
2: Yeah. He did a good. He did. He did the PG version of the, pooping on somebody, reference. Yeah. Nevertheless, right. Um. Yeah. You, Joel didn't like Prancer. That's too bad. I did not. I did not care for Prancer, but I, boy, oh boy, did I love Red Dog. Right. Holy
1: buckets, did I love Red Dog. So
2: what's the basics behind Red Dog, Shauna? I know the, you the, sort uh, of picked it out of a dog lineup to just kind of, get a movie sort of in with the ones we were choosing. Cause you'd never seen yeah. it before, right?
3: I had not seen it and um, so when I was searching movies, what to watch, I, I, you know, kind of looked at, I think it was called Eight Below with Paul Walker.
2: It's a good one. Which Mm -hmm.
3: I had not seen either. And there were, you know, interesting um, uh, comments out there, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of going beyond the every big movie review thing and looking at more people's comments. And that intrigued me, but then I read the one for Red Dog, and I was like, "Oh, Australian, cool." Um, and then some of the personal comments on it, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to do this one just because it sounds intriguing for different reasons." Um, and it's a story about um, a town. I don't even know if it's really a town. It's kind of a um, a construction site in Australia. And I, uh, I've i been to Australia, actually. And I've been to Sydney and then up where the um, Great Barrier Reef is. Um, and my, my husband has done business there. And they always explain it that the north of Australia is similar to the south of America. <laughs> Um,
2: we had an Australian so, yeah. filmmaker on the show said something along those lines yeah.
3: Okay as well, which so is that's interesting kind of... to hear you know yep. mm-hmm. And I get it now um, watching this and knowing where it supposed took place in real life, I guess actually. It's a story about a construction site. Um, and they don't go into it a whole lot, but it's like a construction site with kind of a community loosely built around it very loose
2: like an old logging uh, town essentially if you think about it that way Mm -hmm. where the town really is there just to support the business that's there
3: a ton of guys and like three women right um and uh so it starts and it's about this dog and uh the dog is sick and this newcomer comes and starts asking about the dog and it goes through the history of the dog through all of the different townspeople's memories and you know their version of their interaction with this dog. And it's this dog that you know started out there and each person would kind of have their own personal relationship with the dog and think that, oh, this dog likes me, okay. I'm this dog's person and then that person would find out they'd see this dog having the same relationship with another person from the town Mm -hmm. and they would kind of fight a little bit over it or whatever. But this dog was this to everybody in the town basically Um, and really didn't attach to anybody or become anybody's dog until an American came to, to town one day um, to drive the bus from the community to the construction site or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the dog started paying this guy attention and trying to get on his bus and trying to, you know, become part of his life like he had with everyone else. And the American guy was like, no, you're not on the bus. And it was almost like this, uh, you know, challenge for this dog and so this went on for a little while and the American was just like what you know whatever And, and uh one day he walks into the the town bar and um the townies are or whatever are getting this dog to what was he oh try to eat something within a certain amount of time yeah first it's dog
1: food and yeah
3: yeah and the dog beats the record and everybody's cheering and they're making bets you know it starts out very innocently and then the next one they wanted what did they want him to do
1: they wanted him to eat a live chicken
3: yes okay that's what i thought but i i couldn't i was like it was considerably worse you know and you know in the movie they made you think, okay, the dog does not wanna do this. You know, he's not aggressive or anything. And it's building up and all of a sudden the American walks in and sees what's going on and he's like, stop. I'm not gonna watch you make this dog eat the chicken. And they kinda, you know, the townies, you know, got mad and everything and the dog realized you know here's this guy that is sticking up for me and that was it that was their connection so then the movie goes on to show how they connect and their lives becoming intertwined and you know shots of them i don't know walking and doing stuff together and all that and then one day uh american you know is driving the bus and this beautiful young woman appears new to town and gets on the bus and all the bus is filled every seat has one guy in it and at the same time they all move over to give her room and the only other seat without a guy is the front seat where red dog now sits it's his place of honor
2: yeah just from uh, just sorry i don't want to make you lose your no, momentum no, but josh lucas is the guy who plays the american bus driver yes. uh, rachel taylor is this woman that getting on the bus right now and there there's a bunch of different characters in it there's this ensemble of people that who's the dog's life effects th- those two are really important so i want to sneak their names in there real quick
3: Thank you. Yep. And I was surprised to see Josh Lucas, you know, that was, I was surprised to see an American name mm-hmm. there. Uh, so this woman gets on, the American is not on the bus yet. And she gets on all the guys scoot over because there's no women in this town. Hardly there's no young women in this town. There's certainly not anybody as pretty as this young woman. And so the only other seat for her to sit in with somebody is this dog and he's sitting there and she tells the dog to move over and the dog, you know, no. And, um, all the people are laughing, you know, the guys are all laughing and all this. And what basically happens is that she talks to the dog and convinces him to move over. And she sits there and everybody is just like, whoa. And then on comes the American, he sits down, he's ready to drive. And he realizes something isn't right. And he turns around and there's this beautiful young woman sitting with his dog. And that was it. So that's, of course, they fall in love and it's a beautiful story in all of this. until the American dies.
2: Spoiler alert for Red Dog. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: So the American dies. His his. But it's kind of not
2: something you can really discuss the film, this film and our next film, without really discussing yep. and spoiling. So, yes. and I don't think it'll I won't ruin spoil your. Spoil what
3: happened? I won't. You know. Set exactly. I don't think
2: it'll spoil the audience's fun with this movie by ruining that either. You you kind of have to drop that to. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. to talk about what it really is what it what the heart of it is so mm-hmm. from right. a dog's eye view anyway
3: uh right sorry i'm gathering my thoughts because there's different things to this but the, and what the main story is yeah um so the man dies and the town you know at the funeral they bury him and nobody realized that red dog wasn't there he didn't know what was going on, anything for like three days or whatever. And they show that Red Dog had been at the American's home, house, waiting for him mm-hmm. this whole time. And this is what gets me. Even though it's a very lighthearted show, these are where, you know, the tender heartstrings start pulling me in. Right. And so this dog is waiting for his person who never returns. So then the dog starts this journey trying to find his person. And um, he goes to the construction site. He visits everybody, you know, construction site, businesses, bar, hospital, everything. And everybody looks at the dog and shakes their head. You know, no, he's not here. So after a while, the dog decides to expand his search and starts traveling across Australia and then, then further into other countries. And, you know, they show bits of this where he is looking and people looking at him like what's going on, you know, and he gets to Japan and then he comes back. um, And goes back to the woman that, was in the relationship with the American. And she lives in a ta- trailer park, and the guy that manages the trailer park is a big jerk, and his wife's a big jerk, and they have a jerk cat called Red Cat. <laughs> and um, this guy, you know, tells her she needs to leave. Dogs are not allowed. We know you have them in there, and all of this. And so she tells one of the friends in the town, and they, you know, the whole town knows, and they go to confront them, and they've got the town cop, you know, and all of this, so the red dog can be with the woman, Um, and then all of this is being told as stories from town people, and the effects of red dog on their lives, what red dog has done to them, saved lives, you know, changed lives, all of this, and it's all being told to this new person in the town and um so uh i'm trying to think so red dog was sick in the back of the bar as all of this mm-hmm. story is going on and um they i think they did a big toast to red dog right and as they yeah did- there is.
1: Yeah, they just start celebrating him. They just, you know, yeah. yeah, cheers to Red Dog. They start singing a song, sort of yeah. celebrating him and celebrating you know, their and life in a mining town. Been built up. Yeah.
0: Everybody's
3: come in. The entire town is there. In the end, they're cheering him, and Red Dog gets up. Yeah, they they come up. to
2: a slow re- revelation that, that this guy personifies something they think that is awesome about them and that is awesome about their way of life and stuff. And, and, you know, I will talk about it a little bit. I'm going to let Joel respond to the movie before I get into with a super real story of this dog, which is quite a bit different, but, um, but it's a neat, it, that's a neat moment because it, because that is the heart. That's the crux of what happened. This wandering stray dog looking for his human, uh, you know,
3: and may I interrupt you really quick, yeah, you His bet. human ended up being the wandering stray American who has never spent more than a year or whatever, anywhere right. that he is. Yep. And this dog becomes his dog. He becomes this dog's person. He meets this woman. They fall in love. The dog accepts the woman and he all of a sudden has a home,
2: right. both
3: of them the american and the dog it they fit
2: right but it, it he the, but red dog really is this wandering spirit that affected all these people in all these different and unique ways mm-hmm. so the community does sort of take ownership of him and and it decide in this moment to to you know to to celebrate and to sort of quantify the legend of red dog and the story of him. That's why it just still endures. And they even create this monument to him. Yes. Um, and so I'm not going to, I, I, I'm not going to spoil the exact ending of the thing. Cause I think that's one of the joys of watching it when you get to the, when you see how it sort of resolves itself, but mm-hmm. there's we the red dog statue. It. No. It's, no.
3: Nope. Let me go I'm this sorry. One. Hey red sp- dog. Hello, Red Dog. You have to spoil hey, everything
2: dog. about it? Is that what you're saying?
3: Well, because ta- I want to talk to the Australian-ness. Oh, well, sure. Well. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, you guys. But anyway, so <laughs> as they come to this built-up celebration, everybody's realized what this dog has done for them and that the dog basically is the town. Um, and as they're doing this, Red Dog comes out unnoticed and walks out the door. And one of the town's people goes back to check on him and he comes out and he says, Red Dog is gone. And they all think that he died. He's like, no, he's gone. He's gone, he's, you, gone. he's not right. here.
1: He's not in the bar anymore.
3: <laughs> right, and so they go on this big search for Red Dog all over until they finally go to the american's grave and they come on red dog and he has died by the way i'm crying watching
1: this. <laughs> oh me oh please yeah <laughs> i yeah it was uh yeah i wept openly.
3: So, i do have to say that the first part when the american died i will watch movies on the at the gym with my ear pods or whatever they're called in I'm getting all misty-eyed you know and I'm looking around I'm like oh my god I'm gonna cry at the gym but I managed to keep it in and then I came home and I finished it and then when red dog they discover I'm dead I am full-on bawling I'm like oh my god
2: Mm -hmm. I'm not
3: fighting it so they find him you know, laying at the gravesite. And it's just the sweetest position of the dog. You know, it's a dog waiting for their owner or being with their owner. And if you have a dog, you recognize this. You know, I'm going to cry now. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, one of the townspeople, you know, that you've gotten to know and, you know, is involved, walks up, takes off his shirt and covers the dog. I mean, it was very simple. Yeah, and Ray- and Rachel
2: Taylor's line is, you, you know, it's okay. She kind of puts her hand on him and says, it's okay. You've come home. Yes.
3: I and mean, oh, God, I'm going to cry. She puts yep. her hand on the dog.
2: I wasn't going to spoil you know, that part. But now. since we went all did the way to the end, she, that, that was her, I oh, believe we're that's going her. Further. Yeah.
3: So did she, she said, you're home now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, so, anyway, well, the, that is the I mean, very sad part. Um, but it's not done yet. Hold on, Joel. Oh, okay. Okay. A little, little bit more to the end. There's just a little bit more. It turns out, you know, that um, the newcomer to the town falls in love with the woman. They fall in love together. And, you know, that's kind of the beginning. And then they get a new dog, puppy, that looks like Red Dog. So the reason I needed to say this is because I am now convinced that Australians need a happy ending even more than Americans.
2: (laughs) It might be true.
3: I really think so.
2: Yeah, it might be true. Okay.
3: I'm done. Sure. Thank
2: you. Yeah. No, Although I mean, even, well, even old yeller has little yeller running around at, at the end and to, so that you can leave the theater with a the pep in your step.
3: I was too traumatized to ever you didn't get that, far. that you far. You need <laughs> to see the
2: puppy, puppy footage. I
3: probably did, and it did not connect. Didn't help. I yeah. was done.
2: Didn't help. Don't you throw a puppy yeah. at me? I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm I, not ready for a puppy. That's right. a, um, that's a common theme in dog movies as well. You know, don't. Yeah. The next dog is a thing, but don't, there's a time where it's not appropriate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I get it. Um,
1: yeah. It's like, I don't want to see you all moving on. <laughs> right. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> I'm, depressed. I'm, I haven't moved on yet.
3: <laughs> I'm not ready uh, for a happy ending. This yeah. is way too soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, need a second story <laughs> yeah i mean i gotta
1: say that was one of the you know one of the things I was after after you know after john died and, and and when you know and red dog goes on his search and he's he's on on his you know search for uh for search for his master and he's going all around every place i just kept going why won't someone just bring him to the gravesite? maybe that's all it needs maybe that's all he needs maybe. he just why needs to know maybe he'll be oh my god and yeah and then i'm like oh and then we get to the end i'm like oh there you go okay yes. all right it
3: needed okay. to happen yeah. because now like, i'm oof. falling
1: yep yep and uh, i'm like okay that's i guess that is that is a good ending to a, to this story sure but i was like oh this could we could have been out of here 45 minutes ago he didn't have to go all the way up to like brisbane he didn't right. have to go to darwin he could he could he just hang out and just oh great okay cool well let's move it no um no i i again i i mean like you said, Shauna, th- this movie you know is told in like these these little vignette stories, and through uh, you know, so these stories are about Red Dog, but through those stories, you get to know this eclectic group of of mining guys. You know, as, as they say, it's like you know they they come here because they are following money and they have nowhere else to go. These are all like these
2: this they, they have a skill set and they follow that around to wherever. The yeah, next they follow that around so.
1: Yeah, so you get Americans and Australians and, and uh, Italians and, yeah, you know, yeah. Germans and Baba Poles. And, you know, so they're from all over the world. They're just in this town all living together, uh, you know, working. And, and it's the, you know, and it's the dog that binds them um, and, and, and brings them all together. You know, and, and again, yeah, it does. I mean, it has a great, a great cast um, you know Noah Taylor. I, you know, yeah. So when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this is oh Noah Taylor's in this. Oh, so that's it's going to be like a Noah. He's kind of the Noah first Taylor. guy you see,
2: right? Is he like the yeah? He's the first guy you something? see, yeah.
1: And so I'm like, oh, this, this is going to be kind of far. like it's going to be his meaning. Or what's that?
3: Which one is yeah, he Noah was the, Taylor?
1: Right? Noah Taylor. He's the bar owner. He's
2: yeah, the, the first the, the, couple that you kind of see. Yeah, with yes. dog. and
3: it. I mean, it moves on from him. He's
2: well, just and that's like, what and that yeah, and that's yeah, what I thought. I'm like clever in the way be it just as a movie thing it it introduces us to somebody recognizable mm-hmm. so that we and you're thinking so that it's
3: going to be about him yeah we well, think yeah, it's going to
2: be a, conven- a more yeah. conventional story and that we're not going to f- kind of follow the dog from people to people he he doesn't leave the story per se but he becomes a very Supporting background. part of the story, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Again, yeah, and again, you. It, it is, it is the he is a community dog. That's what I mean. I love what, and and that everyone just accept. Eventually, like you said, they all have these like he's my dog. We're like, no, he's not. Well, let's let the dog decide. And they realize, oh, the dog's gone. He's moved on. He's, yeah. And um and and so but and they just accept that. And then then when when John comes along, when Josh Lucas comes along, and they're like, and they're like, and Red Dogs like, and they're like, oh. Oh, okay i guess you know he's, he's found he's found his dad. he's found his master now yeah
3: right you know it's interesting it's almost like the dog narrated all of these characters lives or who they were or what why they were there or what was interesting about them yep. it wasn't even about the dog you know you didn't know his background you didn't know anything but as each mm-hmm. as he went to each person you found out that okay this really, and you know, you have this version of this person that you see in the bar that all the other townspeople know, and that's it. And okay, this guy who looks really big and kind of gruff and scary, he likes to knit. That's really weird, you know? Yeah. He's hiding it yeah. from the whole town, oh. Okay, then they go on to the next person. Oh, this person feels really bad because of the situation and doesn't want to live anymore,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know? And not to spoil anything, I don't think I do, but Red Dog helps him get out of that and saves mm-hmm. him and realize everything. So it's, it's really the story of this, the group within this town of yep. all of them, of their lives, And, and red dogs just like kind of threading all of this together. Then they get to John and it doesn't, I mean, you don't see any story about his background, where he was in the U S or exactly how he got here or anything that became just the relationship between him and the dog. And then the woman. Yeah. And then, you know, it all kind of led to who this dog was and what he did for everybody. I don't Mm know, you know, looking back on it, you understand the deepness of all of this more when you talk through the plot and and what they did.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, the dog, the dog was whatever the people needed him to be at that time. He, he was he helped them. That's he helped them find. He helped them find whatever it was that they needed.
2: So dogs um, are largely yeah,
3: yeah. He was, um he was that person's dog for that bit right. until he met the American mm-hmm. who didn't need him, and it turned out the dog needed the American, and the American became that dog's person. Right. Yep. But through there was that. A, It sir it 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 like solved the Americans problem.
1: The only the only time Red Dog had a had a story for Red Dog was his battle with Red Cat. Right. Um and that thing was bonkers. And yeah, I I gotta say
2: this CG animal fight was really stupid. And uh it was yeah, I I thought that the light romantic comedy in the middle of the movie also was kind of weak. I, there, this is a film that almost like transcends its trappings and becomes something really special because the story of this dog is pretty special. But oh, as a movie, you guys, it, there mm-hmm. are things in it that it's just like, that's the easy way out. That's the biggest cliche thing you can do. This is the most unrealistic animal fight and most like cartoony to the point that we don't have to even confront the fact that maybe they would have a fight. It's also a, a it. sort of You're lame like, way yeah. to solve that particular problem. So there's things about it I don't really like. You know, Red Dog really did live. It really did affect this this working class community in a very profound way, and in this and it, a very true story. In that this drinking uh, fest, they all just decided Red Dog's the thing. we it's that you mm-hmm. know what I mean. They they came to this realization that that's what the thing they wanted to represent them. And people make pilgrimages to that statue to follow this legend. But there's things about the real life story that they left aside that are unfortunate. The, the, he didn't, you know, he didn't, he did get sick. He got poisoned actually. And they had to put him down. And, Mm -hmm. That's what happens to stray dogs. I had a dog that's exact same thing happened to. It's a very, it's a common story. You, even a dog you adopt, what you, you, a, a stray dog has something in them. They have a wandering spirit in them that you never really can cure. They want to be out there on their own. They want to wander around a bit before they come home. And you kind of have to accept that. But there's, you know, there's dangers. Dogs get into all kinds of stuff. People throw all kinds of dangerous crap away in their garbage and,
3: or they try to hurt dogs sometimes or literally too. deliberately try yeah. as a dog owner and you're walking them anywhere it's like i know of people who their dogs have been purposefully poisoned in a dog park because there was a poisonous something left there you right. know i mean that's extreme but it's the possibility and you always are like on the watch I dog. enjoyed Red you Dog are. very
2: much, but I thought some of those real details that were the harder part of the story, if they would have had the courage to integrate them into it, they might have had something really remarkable. And as it is, it's it's a lovely dog story. I mean, it really is kind of wonderful. It's very fun. It passes the time easy and moves along, and the people are appealing. And there's even redemption for the dog fighting people, you know, like not completely, but there it, it's... There's this idea that we're, you know, we're all kind of making our way and, and, you know what I mean? And doing the best we can and we fall And we off.
3: make mistakes. Yeah, we fall off we the path and the dog ourself. sort of
2: shows us the way back. It's, it's, it's neat. I like the metaphor of it, mm-hmm. but I
3: you wish know, it had some of the mind.
2: darker details in it. Honestly, that's what I it's wanted. It's interesting
3: because I, I thought this as well. I mean, I thought it was quite slow at times. I mean some parts i was just like
2: uh okay (laughs) well you're the one that doesn't like romantic comedies and i mean the whole middle act of this movie is these two people falling in love in just a very corny and we've all lived through this before sort of way as a romantic comedy it's it's intolerable but red dog
3: right when you're getting bored with it But they kept that part. I was fine with that. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. yay! It um, wasn't the whole
2: shebang, course, you know, but whatever. and their love relationship story. is cute. There's and
3: then another love story. Yeah, yeah. But um, I thought it a little bit slow at times. The the cat and dog fight was beyond annoying like yeah, i didn't
2: even really watch dumb. it i was like what is this Ugh. there is no that excuse for a story that's trying to tell you something meaningful to have a moment like that in and i'm sorry it,
1: and awful. well and that and that the whole thing didn't it it, it didn't need to be there the right. whole red oh. cat plot line didn't need to be there um but i, I
3: just i yeah. would like to make a point that this is where i'm like you know what australia is different than america right Americans would never even put up with this, you know, (laughs) and like to your point that this is scored so high, I'm surprised kind of that it's scored so (laughs) high because there are parts of it that are truly awful. (laughs) Um, And like you said, the story line and, you know, the -hmm. main thing pulled it off to something really where I was crying, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but then I think about the Australians, you know, mm-hmm. they've got a funny mm-hmm. sense of humor. Their right. whole country kind of has very different, weird sense of humor. And you kind of just got to get on board. You know what? You're not going to understand it. Some of it is going to seem really absurdly <sighs> stupid. But they what they get right, they get really write right.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. A-
3: across the board. Where the bad stuff is probably really bad to an American.
2: Well, and you it, know? i don't know if it's really bad, is what I would say. It, but it—you're it, right. There's a cultural difference oh, when you're is watching terrible. it. That is—that is profound. And you forget. It's easy when you're watching a French movie or if you're watching a Chinese movie, or you know, where you really understand that you're, you know, Australians. Oh, so when yeah. we talked about it when Chris yeah. was on the show, we said they're just like us, except they're totally not like us. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: Right. But but Please it's easy
2: easy to fall language. into the trap that you know this movie's going to be like an American movie. They even they even got an American at, at the heart of the thing, and in, in a way that also yes. I don't think it really follows right? the true story very well. But they did that to appeal to a broader audience.
3: And yeah, because it's a movie,
2: right? Red dog, red cat fight is very Australian. It's very corny. It's it's deliberately that way. We don't really want to see them tear each other apart. So they give us yeah. this. Old Roadrunner cartoon version of a fight. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I get it. I just,
3: you know, what's really and, and I guess
1: here's I was I will say real quick. I, I will say I think the reason why I accepted it, um, maybe easier than you guys did is be is simply because well is because these were stories being told, you know, second third hand. You know, like they, right. they, it, it it's that it's that it that's the it's embellishment the, the that fish, happens when the you're fish telling tale,
2: it, the, the, the fish yeah, tail and
1: it was like yeah, yeah. so I, I think that's probably why i was because again it is dumb and absurd and it's crazy but yeah like you said they're not actually going to show a dog and a cat in a real fight <laughs> right. and um you know and and it, it kind of becomes it kind of becomes a, a a folk tale part um i i question you like i said you know, the whole movie is essentially about these townspeople and their story and how Red Dog helped them find whatever it is that they needed to find. The whole red cat plot line doesn't need to be in there. Uh wasn't needed. It, it's yeah, it's it's unnecessary to the whole to the whole story. It's just literally there as sort of like this weird oh. uh yeah this um, weird it was
3: history. not only not needed it should not have ever even been invented right i mean You're some probably... things are to you know help the storyline mm-hmm. along like a romance or yeah what unless for
1: some reason unless for some reason as part of the legend in australia there's this right. you know there there's this part of the legend of of the friendship of red dog and red cat that you know plays into it or so so that we're just not privy to because we aren't Australians right. and didn't grow up with that. So. Well, we're
2: way never, more than I a think, third of the way into the show. So Red Dog, final okay. thoughts.
3: Wait, wait, let me really quick. Yes. An interesting thing that hit me as I was watching it. I'm like, who's their target audience? Because you have a story about a big you know group of men. A few women it's you know they're drinking they're kind of swearing they're doing all this stuff i'm like okay is this for it's it's not for kids is it it's not for women not not for kids is it for dog lovers is it for whom you know it's kind of
2: it's darker moments are censored enough that any kid could watch it but it's a good point there are no there are no kids in the movie because there were no kids part of this working class community really
3: but, but the thing is, is that still, their situation is a very adult situation. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Um, and the death like of
2: the a- central character, the central human character, really, really hits you when it happens. Which isn't something right, a lot but, of kids would be able to deal with very well. And obviously, it ends with a dog lying down and dying. It, you know.
3: And it's almost like they took the story and the situation, and it's like, okay, well... We want kids to see it. We want to, you know. They wanted everybody everybody
2: to see that movie. That movie's a populist entertainment for everyone.
3: Right. Hold on, Ryan. (laughs) Sorry, I have to get this thought out. They want kids to see it. They want everybody to see it. This is a national history that people know of. You know, Red Dog. Everybody knows about it, but maybe, you know, not everything. So let's make it, you know. It's a bunch of drunk guys at a construction site town, a few women are in the bar all the time. They swear they, this, you know, the guy's going to die all of this. Um, but they never cross the line, you know, they never make it vulgar. They never make it too much. Um, but then it's also like, they put in all this fluff stuff that did not it like detracted of the goodness of the story. So I just felt like because they were trying to market it to everybody, the good part of it came through really strong, but mm-hmm. all of the rest of it was very distracting.
2: Yeah. It's, it's not a Sorry. really great In film another. by the, by the metrics I would agree with you there, but the magic of animal movies is there if you get the kernel of that thing right then you you sort of make it all worthwhile. And that that is kind of what that movie did. It has a and great that, the movie, dog performance by Coco as Red Coco, Dog. Coco, yep.
1: The, the dog performance was so strong, they made a documentary called Coco, the story of Red Dog, about Coco wow. getting discovered and b- being cast as Red Dog. That's how big Coco... And he starred as himself. So Coco, yeah, c- quite the... Uh, Coco won an Australian uh, an award for uh, for performance in Australia, and uh, had to give an acceptance speech even um, for that movie. Um, I was reading. You so the dog answer. behind the dog Get got up. the old. apparently. Apparently, it is a, he. It's on YouTube somewhere. I have not watched it. I just read about it. Um, so uh, yeah, okay. So we can move on. Uh, we, we talking about um, my movie Hachi: A Dog's Tale. We we should be able to speed through this one uh, a bit because the plot points are so very similar to Red Dog. They really um, are. Yeah, H- Hachi um, Hachi a Dog's Tale is a Lassa Hallstrom film from uh, what is it, two thousand and nine? Yep. Um, kind of around the sameish it, time. Yep, and it's um, the story of Hachi uh, Hachiko is, is is actually a Japanese story um and um and it's and again it's a beloved Japanese story of uh of of this dog uh and and it's been Americanized and it works it works as an American you know because it's the same I agree
2: it it, the spirit of Japan still survives in very key ways in this film that sort of philosophy that look the snow there's there are certain things that it captures really, really well in that. Even though, yes, yep. it's it's obviously yeah, they completely American. They've moved
1: it. Yep, yeah, they've moved it from Tokyo to uh, to Rhode Island, or outside of Tokyo to uh, to to Rhode outside Island. Of Rhode Island uh, uh, yeah, outside
2: yeah. of Rhode Island, yeah, uh, outside
1: of Rhode Island, outside of Providence, and um, yeah, the the, the again, the, this however is, I mean, there's a stray dog who was you know we come to find out was shipped to a, like it kind of lost in transit and was a stray dog and uh richard gear plays this professor who um comes Standing on this. the
2: rail station just as this dog gets free and yep they, yep and they have a. he's meet, like okay they have a meat on the they have a station they have a <laughs> cute yes. um and um
3: exactly
1: and, uh yeah, and so Richard Gere, you know, takes him and uh takes him home. And next thing you know, you know, next day, there's the dog waiting for him again. It's pretty soon the dog is going with him to the train station and greets him as he as he. Yeah, uh, jo- Joan uh, Allen
2: as... plays the part that's usually the killjoy, you know, shrewd wife. Yeah. But it it's really great that this movie does. It keeps her real. Part of it's her. Joan Allen is. Yeah, top notch. I mean, just really, really good. So she's not gonna show up, and uh, even if there's a cliche on the page, she's not really gonna do it that way. And but part of it is uh, that character is given a lot of room for growth and stuff too. Is she allergic to dogs or something? I must have missed that conversation. Because uh, Hachi ends up being an outside dog. He doesn't really come into the home very much. He lives out in the shed. Mm-hmm. um She's she's like you can't keep this dog. There's this great scene. Sarah Romer plays. Gear's daughter and her are watching him from the kitchen window trying to teach hachi how to play fetch and this particular <laughs> yeah. breed of japanese dogs this is funny whether you know this history or not but this particular breed of japanese dogs are really uh, they're really pr- prickly in a weird way mm-hmm. they're they're yep. the trainers in fact were terrified to introduce the three dogs playing hachi in the film to richard gere because the dogs either like you or they don't like you, and they they don't change their minds. So, obviously, if they like him, this is all going to be fine. If they don't, they have to them. literally find yep. three new dogs or two at wow. least two new dogs. What you know? So that's fascinating. And they're like that in real life. They very much are. You know, you they attach yeah, they, themselves to you in this way or that way. They're um, very they're
1: much crazy. they choose their owner and not. The Akita, you know, they, uh, Akita's choose their owner and the owners don't really choose them.
2: And they may perfectly Uh, understand fetch, but if they don't see the point in it, they're probably not going to do it. They're, Mm -hmm. they're weird that way. They're not, they're not compelled (laughs) the way other breeds of dogs are to follow that thing and go get it. And then whether Mm -hmm. they want to give it back to you or not, that depends on the breed and the personality of the dog too, you know, or is it just keep away, right? What? What?
3: quick and yeah. that's a big thing about dogs yes. that if you're not a dog person you just don't get it because <laughs> you haven't experienced it right. we have two beagles yeah everything about them is in their nose mm-hmm. they are have been bred since the beginning of beagles to hunt rabbits and deer, and hare. um so there are things that you cannot train out of them And you just have to know it and you have to uh, change yourself for them. Correct. I can't (laughs) let my dogs off of a leash ever. Right. Not, you know, they can't be free ever because well, if they take the sense of scent of something, they will run after it and we'll never see the dog again. It's like this dog, you know what? This dog was not bred to fetch a ball. Right. Um, quite frankly, it's probably insulted that you're even thinking that. It bitch. does
2: sort of feel that way in the scene. Yeah. 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 But it's a wonderful scene. Richard Gere crawling around out in the le- fall leaves with a yellow ball in his mouth, trying to show Hachi <laughs> because this American yeah. guy, like just, he really only gets it from that standpoint at the same yep. time. Uh, and it's Joel's movie. I'm sorry, man, if I'm jumping on you, no, no, uh, it, it, he, it, they, it, they connect in a very real and profound way. You know That dog spent this journey in this tiny little cage all the way from Japan. The opening credits is basically this montage of this crazy journey. And the thing sort of gets free, and the first person it finds takes him home, feeds him, whatever. I mean, it was almost like there was, from a dog's point of view, there was no chance that this guy wasn't the guy. This was meant to happen. And you do feel like they were on that inevitable course toward each other to find each other and stuff. Um, and it's, it's neat that the, he goes, he commutes to town on the train every day and he goes to this train mm-hmm. station. Jason Alexander plays the guy at the train station very memorably. Uh, the great Eric Avari who, you know, it plays the hot dog vendor there. And there's this, mm-hmm. it's very much like Red Dog in that there's, it's a much smaller it's a much smaller world of the story and a much smaller little group of people. It doesn't feel as expansive as the Australian outback. Obviously uh, the cast list is very small, but you, you do get to see the dog's effect on these people. Uh, also, who's the Japanese actor who explains this, what breed of dog this is to gear. And he's so great.
1: Yeah. uh, Hi- uh Hiroyuki Tagawa.
2: Yeah, really cool performance by him. Um mm-hmm. and he he you know obviously he brings the Japan to the thing and it, it, it it's I think it's in it, but he really brings it in a tangible way. He's mm-hmm. he has a thankless role as Johnny the explainer to us the audience to our hero. But he just he's something about Kerry. He's just so He's just a sage character, you know, yep. w- that can be annoying. But in this film, it's really soulful and very, very cool. And yep. I'll let Joel, I'll let you. It's your movie. So big spoiler alerts for Hachi. I'll let you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, very much like Red Dog. Uh, so, you know, like like Ryan is saying, he's trying to get this dog to fetch, trying to get this dog to fetch. Well, one morning, Hachi decides to fetch.
2: Well, and he's, I, I mean, basically he's jealous of, <laughs> of the relationship he this guy right. has with his wife, his whole like outlook and stuff has been rejuvenated by this dog, and he he brings the romance basically back into his marriage. And this really delightful mm-hmm. scene. And Hachi sees this and he's like, "Geez, I better start fetching stuff. Like it's it's I better yeah. start doing something." <laughs> Yeah, to get back but, uh, on equal footing with this guy, it's really cute and funny. Yeah. Yep,
1: Richard Gear. So Richard <laughs> Gear has this ball that he finally is fetched with, and he's like, "Okay, well, I gotta go." Puts the ball in his pocket, heads off to school. Well, while at work, while uh, he's a professor, while at school, he um, suffers, I think, an aneurysm and dies yeah, while well, uh, he's giving at, a lecture.
2: Yeah, while it's he's giving really, a lecture. as far as weird mm-hmm. sudden death scenes go, because we don't experience it in Red Dog and. It, I think in a wonderful way. That was a really neat thing about the way they they discover that this thing happened, and they don't really show you much of anything. I'm not even going to reveal the cool image that they do show you, where you as an audience member suddenly know everything. But I, as you guys know, I love that sort of visual storytelling. This is very much a performance by Gear, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how he sort of acts this collapse where this person that we know as this flesh and blood thing is, is there one moment and it suddenly is just not there. And it's, yep. it's harsh. It's harsh, dude. Am I right?
3: That? That the yeah. Of yeah. Something like that.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and um, you know, and so he, you know, he, he dies. And of course that means that Hachi goes to the train station.
2: Like he does every day, like, like he, he has day, every day, day and, and waits for him no to get parker. off the train. Yep and he's never and... coming home. Uh, Gear's daughter and her family try to adopt him but he just can't Hachi can't let go of the idea. And eventually she's like, "Okay." She starts to get it and she's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. so every morning she opens the gate for him so that he can go out and wait at the train station and they all yep. Alexander's character and everybody, you know, the the hot dog guy feeds him every day.
1: Yep. And Jason Alexander, you know, has a great you know when Jason Alexander wants to be earnest, he does. He can turn that on, and he has this great scene. And he's like, "He's not coming back."
2: He's come on. He really, is heartbroken not, over this. Yeah. He's the least likely character to be heartbroken over it, and you can yeah. tell he he and desperately like, wants to get through to this dog. And Hachi's just not yeah, having. And,
1: and yeah, and and then he's like, "All right, you know what, Hachi, you you do what you got to do." You, you know what? Yeah, he need you. You know, so it's like, yeah. And, and later, and,
2: Carrie says the same thing to him. I wish you wouldn't always be waiting but if if that is if that's what your soul's journey is you know then then Mm -hmm. you you must wait you must always wait for him i understand and it's just
1: yep and and so we cut to 10 years later and uh and and joan allen's character kate goes to visit the goes to visit his grave and they and they're coming back and ken um who's uh yeah carrie um is, is there too and they come back and they see Hachi's still there Hachi's still waiting at the train station yeah. and Joan, Joan you know and Joan at her Joan Allen-y best. She best she's just like <clears throat> excuse me she just you know she's like I know I know Hachi look at you you know and it's like can I just wait here for a while with you and it's just like oh come on
0: we're only human yeah. what are
2: you doing come to on us?
1: come on Joan you don't, don't do this Lassa don't do this to us Lassa. And yeah. And then we get the, you know, we get the great, and then we get the great, you know, then all of a sudden Hachi's sitting there and then all of a sudden Richard gear comes through the door yeah. and it's, you know, and that's, and that's when we know that, okay, Hachi and, and Parker are back together again. Um, Hachi has, has you know has passed has passed on. Totally. Um, and of course, all of this is, and we get the little dog ending too again because we we fi- <laughs> you know we this whole story is sort of being told um, from the uh, the grandson's point of view. Uh, or the grandson's uh, uh, the grandson is telling a story of who is one of his heroes. Hachi is one of his heroes because it, it's taught him about loyalty. And even though he didn't know his grandpa, he feels like he knows uh, he, did, he knows him through uh, through Hachi and the, the love that Hachi had for him. Um, and, and then, of course, it ends with the the grandson watching walking with this little Akita named Hachi, you know, and they off they go. And
2: it's like, damn you.
1: Damn you! We're not ready for another dog. We're not yeah. ready for this.
2: Yeah, um,
1: but it's great. Some and of course, people,
2: Hachi... I, they didn't do it by accident. Some people need that really, really bad. Some these people These guys need who that. make yep. these movies, they know what the audiences need. We, I think we, we're all on the same page that we're not ready for that yet. I, I get it. I totally do get it. I I'm think not, um,
3: a lot of dog people feel that
2: way. I mean, if you think about it. I mean
3: maybe there are dog people that really need that but if you've had a dog
2: I suspect it it isn't it's for the non-dog people that just want this the want to see the thing. life cycle continue and blah 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 like that isn't Tell sure the
3: rest of us Well suffers. you know and I, I
1: <laughs> my my my, fa- my my late father-in-law had a had a very you know he was a farm kid and so he had a very different relationships to dogs dogs were workers dogs were on the and they were outside things and when the dog passed away it was you know a, a the death of a beloved family member but that was also a worker and so it's like okay now well we well, got to go out and get another worker now here too so it's like you mourn it and then you keep going
3: yeah. i need um, to tell a story though that is uh very similar to yours, but a little bit different. My grandparents were farmers, um, my grandfather, and um, he had a chocolate lab named Coco. And I have pictures of me as a baby. You know, they're holding me on Coco's back as she walks around this dog. I, I remember like her presence or what she was like, very calm and kind. Um, But this dog was my grandfather's dog, you know? Mm -hmm. And my grandpa was this dog's person. And they had this relationship. This was a farm dog. This dog was never allowed in the house. I don't even know where it stayed because I was so young, I wouldn't know. Um, You know, years and years and years. And as Coco, abilities func- to function diminished uh, she couldn't get up in the picnic or the pickup truck anymore my grandpa would pick this dog up and put it in the truck and my grandpa wasn't like that about animals like you said they serve a purpose uh except for Coco so mm-hmm. my grandma told me afterwards she said you know when Coco died I knew the dog died um, You know, we were knew it was headed in that way, in that direction. And when Coco died, your grandfather couldn't tell me for a week. He went out and begged Coco on the land and couldn't tell me for a week. Not that I didn't know because Coco was gone, you know, but he he just couldn't even tell her. Yeah. When you Um, have a dog become that dog's person Mm -hmm. and they're your dog i mean there's a bond there that just really i've never had it and i i have it for the first time with our one-year-old puppy so i mean it changes your perspective on everything like you said ryan you know they teach you lessons about loyalty about uh you know who they are their aspects to them that are unapologetic because it's as a dog who they are, and as their person, you know, not only you know, accept it, you learn to love it,
0: <laughs> and
3: it's, it's just a very interesting relationship. That I don't know that there's another one like it, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a hot Hachi Hachiko, um, a, a based on. Uh, true story um, but takes place in Japan. That, that's the reason I, um, I, I didn't know the story until we were walking around in the Shibuya district in, uh, in, in uh, Tokyo when I was there in um, uh, 2011 and um, came across this statue. Uh, for, on the visual feed. I just have the, the picture of the, of the Hachi um, statue. And yeah, and, and there's uh, on it, there's actually one of the one of there's a whole inscription that's in English so to explain it to English tourists. <laughs> um English speaking tourists uh very the whole story. Event. Yeah, it was very thoughtful of them. And you're like, oh my God, and we're
2: reading <laughs> it's very and, um, Japanese, very, very uh, polite.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a I few, like a few of the people, a few of the people that I uh, that I was with had heard of the movie because the you know the movie came out a couple of years earlier. So they knew of the movie and I'm like, oh my God. So as soon as we that was one of the things we did where what that I did when we got back from when I got back from Japan is I, you know, Showed jennifer this picture and then we're like okay well we got to watch that movie and and it is i mean it's it's schmaltzy it's you know it it's it's you know it's it's manipulative it's all you know tug at the heartstrings it's like all of lassie
2: hallstrom's movies before i let you wrap up though let me just say one thing about it from a movie technical standpoint because it's a much better made movie than Red Dog as a movie because Lassie really really knows what he's doing he keeps the camera on dog level almost the whole film mm-hmm. it, it, it's so you're and they're, the dog's presence and the amount of bravery they are they're brave with the pace of the thing and they let the dog take the scene over and over and over again in ways where he's not even really necessarily doing much that's special but mm-hmm. just so that you get that feel the flow of a dog's life, like Shauna said the 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 animal things about them that they are they they are fearless about accepting well, and, by. yeah exactly the the it it's just very very cool that we get even though the story is told by a guy who didn't know the dog, their dog Mm -hmm. moments are quiet and slow. And there's a ton of them. It's a huge portion of the film Mm -hmm. where it's just Hachi and no one else. Yep. And it, it, it becomes a, it just becomes, because there's not that busyness, there's not the romantic comedy, there's not the gags and jokes and stuff. It, it, not that any of that's necessarily bad, because I think Sean Mm -hmm. is right. It's sort of uniquely Australian in that way. You got to have all that. Um, Lassie's, you know, Scandinavian and he just, he's from the sort of Bergman, you know, era of storytelling. And he, he, his films are much syrupier than that, so don't get me wrong. But the visual part of it, he does understand. You can just shut up and show something happening. All his best movies have that Cider House rules and you just go through the whole list. Well, maybe we'll do a Lassie Halson some show sometime. He's certainly worthy <laughs> of it which Sean. I'm going to be on that show. We already, we already have to have Shauna on the Christopher guest show. Cause we wouldn't let her do best in show for the, for the yeah. dog show. <laughs> so yeah. She... Well,
1: yeah. One, one more, one more episode and she gets her own. We'll uh, we'll be putting in Shauna up here on the, uh, on the is that right? That's thing. where so the, that's. Yep. We'll
2: we'll that's where it happens.
1: My yep, it's a, about Sorry, episode
2: Jimmy. four. It's going to be pretty exciting. Anyway. Yeah.
3: It's a regular thing. Now you better plan for it. Uh,
2: Lofs. Um, a, he's a, classicist in the way he frames things in the way he shoots things in the way he tells stories and Hachi has that. And, and even though he's not an American, even though he's certainly a successful American film director, it, it, he's certainly not Japanese. it That, that, Cross culture that marriage between these ideas is really, really works in Hachi. Even though you're right, Joel, it is. It's manipulative. It's all those things.
3: Yeah,
1: it's it, a it, it's total, total best cheer
2: jerker Of an animal yeah. movie, no question.
3: Yeah,
2: absolutely, Can it make is.
3: A comment that kind of goes into our next.
2: Movie? Nope. No. no. You may not no. transition into no. the next. You movie. may not. That's Joel's you're like job.
3: Perfect. You're and taking my job. No, of course. People. We are dog, <laughs> dog people. <laughs> You get all the dogs. I was thinking about this because you two are the movie files or whatever you call people that are cuckoo for production and direct. You could just stop after
1: cuckoo. Cuckoo
3: <laughs> in general, but especially about production and direction and music and all the stuff I don't even know exists. Yeah, you but you do you do on, on some level well, well i let me tell you how that level is <laughs> you un, invite me on here, and I give you the purely emotional side i am you know, does the plot work, does it carry me along, does it you know do something for am I sad, am I happy, am I satisfied what have you <laughs> uh it's when all of the stuff that you guys know kind of breaks down that I realize it. And I'm like, ugh, you know, ah, oh, that's so annoying, ZPI <laughs> or whatever, you know, so annoying. And then I notice it, um, you know, Hachi being better than well, the, syrupy, better made. the syrupy things that in Red Dog you can't get over, you're just annoyed. In Hachi, you, you know, if it's a well made movie um, and it doesn't just depend on the plot and emotions, all the annoying things in a weird way add to it, you know, um, and they're there for different people, you know, to attract different people for whatever they need. Uh, so then that leads me to the third movie, Ryan. Um, and when I first started watching it, I was. I watched the trailer and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even really remember this being released. How another? How did I miss this really? <laughs> and then I started watching it and I was kind of pissed at you for picking it because I'm like, <laughs> why did he get the great movie? What? <laughs> he <laughs> suggested this and said, this is my movie. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted this to be my movie. <laughs> um, but it speaks to Uh, how much it grabbed me emotionally. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the whole movie, production, direction, everything. I mean, if all of that is so good, and the story is so good, I don't notice any of it. You know, I don't, the little moments that might seem kind of like okay, we're just kind of putting this in here to kind of smoothly move it along, I don't really notice. I certainly am not annoyed by. You know, it's not
2: a. Uh, we're talking about Megan Levy now, uh, which right. is in some markets is called Rex, <laughs> oh, yeah. but that's a mistake. As much as I think that's wonderful, I, I that's a mistake. The Rex is a central part of this story for sure. And it's an, it's it's astounding dog performance and it's about the way these people grow together, but it's, it's, it's very much Megan's story. It's Megan's story of growth. It's significant that the, because the, the, there's plenty of both, but the dog movie or the dog story really is sort of a man's best friend thing, right? That's the cliche, this is a very this is a war movie for a good portion of the time not the whole time but a good portion of the time and it's it's but it's a very feminine story it's directed by a woman it's a, a woman's true life story and um it there's something about that where there's a lot of even when she goes out with her friends, you know, and, and gets into trouble on the on the base after she's joined the military, like that whole scene has a woman's perspective in it that it is just really. I mean, I'm that's I'm not a woman, so but you just feel it. You feel like you're watching something really authentic. To use to use Shauna's word, and, and May I, just yeah, really quick?
3: I'm really sorry. It'll be quick. No, no. Um,
2: we're One here. of the things
3: I uh, completely appreciated about this movie um, was the, I mean, it was feminine perspective. There was no, uh, a man, I don't know, could have gotten this quite as right.
2: I'm sure that's um, true.
3: And, and, you know, it easily could have gone in. I mean, there were points, as you said, when she, she was peeing on the side of a building. Right,
2: That's the scene and, I'm talking about
3: the military police coming come around and as a woman i'm like oh my god don't her get raped
2: oh, goodness. You know,
3: immediately yeah. that was my first thought and i would bet you almost every woman that knows anything about you know women in in army would have the same reaction
1: that was so she I, got that reaction too, yeah.
3: and it was not the case but it was like she could present you with the difficulties of being a woman in the military without throwing it at you. Right. You know what I mean? No, it Um, was a
2: very fun, drunken night on the town, hijinks. And I agree with you guys, although my mind didn't go quite that far, but it's a legitimate place for you to go because the whole thing turns darkly serious all of a sudden, like the whole mood of the thing. Very bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's You
3: don't know is this turning so dark that she's going to get raped or you know you're just sit- as a woman I was sitting there like where is this going and how does it get back to the dog story? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And then it moves forward and as a woman it's like whew, we escaped that very narrowly. Okay, well, here we yeah. go.
2: Taking a step back, I mean, she's Megan is a character who's uh, it's her best friend that that dies. Uh, partly related to uh, the, a lot of these hedonistic things that they had been doing together in her town outside of New York. Um, and she's just lost, and she's kind of grieving, but she's also kind of, and I can relate to this, she's kind of used this as an excuse to co- coast and just not do anything and not make any decisions. And her eventually her, <laughs> her mom, who's a you know of just a foil for her in the film but you know but it comes to life eddie falco Falco, right who comes to life really brilliantly on screen you and it's you get a real sense of who megan is through the her two parents and these radical different personalities that they have um the other played by bradley whitford in a great role because bradley's been he's great but he's been very he's been very cartoonish in most of these things i've seen him in lately and this part was really authentic yeah really there i mean he's just a supporting role and he gets that he doesn't take stage in these scenes but it's this it's this wonderful believable real life person that you feel like you're getting to experience on screen and kate mara also super super great actor um is the central character in this and Megan's story is sort of written down and her perspective is a big part of this. She gets to, she gets a cameo in the movie as one of the people assaulting Kate as she gets off the bus. She's this female drill instructor who's just taking their phones away and barking at them and stuff. Um, so the film has that kind of thing in it without going overboard with that, which I really appreciate. But it's a basic training movie. She joins the army just to give her mom the finger. And because she's got nothing else to do or nowhere to go, she, it's not, she doesn't just snap to that. She kind of sees a picture and sort of gets inspired. And, it, you know, it, the army, if you're just even a little bit interested in maybe doing it, that, it's they not will... even,
1: it's not even the army though. It's the Marines. It's the Marines, right. right. But, they, yeah.
2: but they will, the that's important. The Marines are the ones that have the bomb dog units, which this is ultimately about. it's about a bomb sniffing dog. Um so sorry, but any any branch of the military uh, outside of the Coast Guard, which you really have to beg to be a part of the the they will recruit you <laughs> they will they will recruit you, they will get you to do it and that's a lot mm-hmm. of people's stories and yet but a if, lot of yeah,
3: but with the Marines, they yeah.
2: will work to recruit you,
3: but if you you don't fit. Yeah. Find another military to go yeah. to, but they
2: they do rustle in the you know basic marines. They do rustle in a lot of people who don't fit, and they do try to give them every opportunity. This movie's no different. To make good, they don't you don't last forever. But she gets a second and third chance, and one of her punishments for her peeing late at night on the officers' club on this base is she gets sent to the canine unit, the dog sniffing unit, and she's got to, just the worst job. She's got to clean out the kennel. They use yeah, her as an attack poop. dummy. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it, the, the, the high-spirited military hijinks and their jokes and the way they talk to each other, all that felt very, very real.
3: Well, and I would say uh, you see that's a men's club. I mean, who were the other women in the canine area? Yep. Um, And you see one of the officers when she's suited up, you know, getting attacked (laughs) by dogs. Right. uh, You know, give her a tip and I won't ruin it. But he gives her this tip and I'm like, oh, what a nice guy. Yeah. you (laughs) You know.
2: Although you do find out that that's an equal opportunity prank that they play on both men and women. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure.
3: But it's just funny given, you know, all men and one woman and all this. Oh, he's being kind to her. And then you find out not so much. So you get to see kind of the,
2: there. There are two key military relationships. The first one, I think, they kind of happen at the both time. I guess the first one, there's three really because – Common plays this guy who's her, uh, you know, her, she eventually straightens up. She gets her marksmanship skills down. She starts scoring higher because working with these dogs, it makes her going. you know, how she says to somebody, how do I do that? Well, you have to be a yeah. good Marine, which you suck at this. So you're going to, you know, you're never going to do that, but she kind of gets it in love, her head. She's gonna.
3: I love that. He didn't give her an easy answer. Go do this, you know, whatever it was like. I don't know that, you know what, you got to be best at all of this. Yeah, And you come back and show it and he's like, great. Well, now you got to do this. Oops, she's got to put the dog suit on. Yeah. I mean, I loved how they built that. You know, it's not easy. No. You, don't, you know, test high and now you get to work with the dogs. It's.
2: What she meets you this dog, a particularly it. fidgety and aggressive one um and she sort of slowly has to kind of earn his trust and then somewhere along the line the dog because it's you know got in one of its handler basically gets injured and she takes over for him well and, the dog
3: injures the owner right the, the dog handler. injures the
2: owner the dog does have some personality problems he's because he's a military dog and because he, he demonstrates throughout the film but even early in the film that he's very talented at finding ordinances and stuff in these little drills that they run. They're they're gonna let him bite a few people <laughs> as long as he keeps doing I, that.
3: You know, they want it, he's good. We gotta make him successful. At the you know to everybody else's.
2: Uh, Tom Felton, who's been in the news lately. Uh, you all know him as Draco in the Harry Potter movies, but he's a really good actor. He plays this guy who, he kind of walks her through it. He's he, First, he gives this really great speech about what it's like to go to war and everything that's very sobering and and kind of awesome. And then he, he, he's taking her through one of these obstacle courses and he's like, nothing wrong with this dog. This dog's great. It's you. You need yeah. to be more assertive. You need to follow him. You need to let him sort of... Sh- teach you and you you know you guys you need to
3: understand him right what is he telling you you right. need to listen to him
2: yeah you yeah. can do all these drills all you want he said but I, you, I can't teach you how to bond with a dog you either mm-hmm. can do that or you can't so she, one
3: here is you, not she, the dog.
2: she does it in a, a sort of unconventional weird way but in this really glorious way these two become one they become really good soldiers together it it it's I again, I was carried away by this movie. I, just uh, aside from the, and I'm, we're not. I and you, I'm not going to get all the way to the end of this movie. I'm going to let you guys do that if you want. So, uh, but I will get you to when they go to war. There's the real life Rex and Megan Levy. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a, yeah, on the video feed. Oh
3: mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh, look at Rex.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. yeah so that's not the two from the movie those are the real life ones but that's he that's really cool um yeah she she goes to war and packs up and heads out and it's is, each sequence is better than the other the dog's freaking out on the plane over and she's got to kind of calm him down and and she gets the lone woman's barracks which is this one room with a cot in it and they sort of cuddle up together and listen to the bombs going off all night in the background and everything. And there's an incredible sequence at a uh, at a checkpoint where they're checking cars and stuff. Uh, really powerful. And then the the as far as combat sequences go, it's one of the better ones in movies of late. And there've been a lot of desert combat sequences, but there's this amazing one where where they get where they're out on the road and they get basically under siege by somebody who have been waiting for them to come along. And, and the dog mm-hmm. kind of saves the day and, and, and Megan to a large degree uh, kind of insists on staying and fighting and, and seeing this particular mission through in this incredible way, but they're both injured. And the, and this is the scene that just kills me. It kills me every time I, I have to stop and calm myself down when they're brought back to this barracks and she's being airlifted in a helicopter and the dog's down on the ground and they're being separated for the first time since they've come together in the movie and the dog's freaking out and she's crying. And I'm just like, I just totally lose it. I just totally lose it. I I don't know how to explain what that is like, but.
3: You even talking about it. I'm getting goosebumps. (laughs) And this, this goes back to again, just quick, sorry, the bond between a dog and their person, Yeah. and the person and their dog. I mean, when there's that click, it's hard to explain, you know, um, you get married, you choose somebody to marry and there's, you know, hopefully a wonderful bond and everything. Um, But when it's a dog and a person, um, there aren't all of these, like, you're not listening to me or I'm angry or anything. It is purely being together for the most part. And then you add something as life, life life-threatening as the military and searching out bombs. I mean, yeah, I, you can't even say anything. I wouldn't.
2: But they're I, you they're know, both war heroes in that moment, and all they all they just want to be together. They do not want to be pried apart. The, the and they need to make sure they're both okay. Yeah. That is their only focus. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. She's barking out instructions to them as the helicopter's taken off and kind of freaking out and is like, "No, he needs to be. You need to do this, and he needs to have this." It just it's just really remarkable. the The film's. Uh, the film's a lot about getting over war. It's about those relationships that happen during war. There's human relationships sort of on the line too. It's about her trying. It's about her falling into the trap that we see her falling into at the beginning of the film, which is she sort of uses her discharge and and uh, she puts in to adopt Rex when his service is done, so that he can have a place to to retire to basically a home when all is done. She's not going to be going back overseas to serve anymore. Um, and he's an aggressive dog. I mean, he is, it's it, 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 that's shown in the movie and demonstrated. And the, Doctor, who's sort of this, this kind of villainous lady in the film, but you know,
3: the worst one in the movie. Oh She's yeah, red, worse than the Iraqi bomber. <laughs> <You laughs> she, she
2: she she doesn't get it, and she puts this you know not not adoptable, and and. Uh, you know but she has given sort of reason to believe that about him is in her defense but I agree with you Shauna. she's the if there's a mustache twirler in Megan levy it's definitely that lady um, but common explains it better he's like you what do you want you want this dog biting somebody at a playground you want it you know getting scared Dogs have postpartum stress just like people do and yeah. you, if you can't don't know what it's going to be doing you can't just have it out in the world at least here we can watch over them in a way that makes sense uh, you know it's
3: and dogs are a big responsibility you have to know especially a dog that's been trained in the army and that's their service and it's very serious uh, these dogs are very serious and um, any dog will have can have a very aggressive side um, right. you know um, well,
2: yeah.
3: as, as a dog owner for a dog handler, in my opinion, you have to be aware of that. Top, uh, you if you are one of those, you have to have responsibility because you are responsibility for the consequences. The dog is not.
2: Right, but she makes so, a case mm-hmm. that that dog's a well, hero, yeah, she, and we mm-hmm. sh- we should treat it like one. And it, it this isn't right, and she the end of the film really is her going on this very real life crusade that she went on that turned into her life's calling really if to just without going into the details you know she fights to get rex back and to get him to you know live and live in comfort at least with someone that loves her loves him for the rest of its life and her her support of animals and uh, other soldiers and stuff like that became something she done because she really does she gets back from combat and you really see her she goes back she goes back to sleeping the day away she goes back to not really being able to relate to anybody to just wanting to hide from everything but fighting for rex shows her that you know aside from really heroically serving you know at war there's the other things that she can do and other ways that she can serve and it's it's a beautiful movie that way it really is pretty fantastic and That's as far as dog movie. movies go it's it does there's several scenes that just knock you out they just knock you out if like you say maybe you have to get it but i believe that i think it's a human enough story that i think you, you get it either way even if you you know i think well, as a yeah, dog person it, you really really get it
1: yeah it's a it's a dog person movie it's not a it's it's a it's not a, necessarily the, there's a reason why, like you said at the beginning, if you went to a movie called Rex, <laughs> right. I, I think you're going <laughs> to, you're going to be very disappointed. Maybe. Um, Cause uh, this movie is called Megan Levy and it's a story about Megan Levy. Yeah. Um, and, and very tight she... on her
2: perspective, her philosophy yeah. of life, her it's, it's got her, that woman, that real life woman's words are very much a part of the movie in a great way. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'm not a big like voiceover fan, but I, th- I think they handle that really, really well on that film.
1: Um,
2: yeah. If
3: I may, speak quick. Uh, sorry. I no. love this movie uh, for so many reasons. Um, again, about the women's perspective, what I loved was the, the voiceover helped very much so mm-hmm. is that they moved through her life and what led her joining the Marines. At a very rapid pace which in general terms you would feel rushed and feel like you didn't know enough there wasn't another enough character uh, uh building yeah but between seeing what a mess her life was she gets fired because she shows up drunk the job was a dumb job
2: yeah, but it was it was a it was a performing at children's birthday parties and charities and like hospitals and stuff, and she was up drunk to it like around sick and whatever children. It's, mm-hmm. it's and even her boss when she fires, she's just like. And she was. Oh, well, I don't uh, think Meghan, you really want to be doing this. You know, she tries I to I be just, all nice you know, about
1: this- it she's just like oh well, they, you know this isn't gonna work out yeah oh
3: and, and megan doesn't even fight her or no. get mad or megan
1: Megan is a pretty pathetic character especially at the outset and
3: and um, they give you a reason for this as well
2: right uh they sure. say
3: you're just not really a people person right. you do <laughs> not relate to people she's you know doing shows all hung over probably still drunk to very sick children and she's not doing it to make them feel better she's doing it to exist to right. have a job yeah uh I,
1: to she me looks I, the
2: part I, kate looks cute with the little puppets and everything like you yep. can see why someone would think oh yeah this will be a good job for you but there
1: were elements of that though um like the well, you're just not a people person. I'm like, oh, but I bet she's a dog person. I'm like, did we really need someone to go? I think we can oh, tell that yeah, she's yeah, not yeah. a people Don't, person.
3: I will give so, you that very much so because it happened a couple times and it's yeah,
1: like, there's a few there's hello. a few moments like that. There's a few moments like that. You know, like what well, we what can I all
2: agree, f- agree when the most insensitive character in the world drops the puppy in the movie midway through. We're all like, puppy rejected. Yeah. Now, it's but, not a happy yeah. ending, puppy, but at least the movie is, addresses this idea that it, you're absolutely <laughs> right. That you oh just
1: just another dog will move will move will move us along. Yeah. Th- they you're, are you're absolutely to be right. fair.
2: They're well really well meaning and trying to bring her back to life, but boy, we all know wrong. Desperately wrong choice at that time. Right.
1: Yeah, Edie Falco, uh, to me, um, I don't know what movie she was exactly in, but that that character was not... Uh, I, I, th- I thought, in my opinion, I thought uh, Edie Falco was um, just... I, I didn't. I like this, this. This, you're how are you doing this to Edie Falco or Edie Falco? How are you uh, doing this to yourself? I didn't think um, so.
2: I've seen, you know, the way my niece and my sister interact, and I've sure. seen the way my sister and my mom interact, and I recognized a but lot also, of truth you know, in, the, in it, that relationship, actually.
1: Sure. I okay, but I, fine. That, well, that's great because then it worked for you. It, di- it didn't work for me. Uh, well, it didn't uh, and, work completely
2: know, for me, but I think I and, was. A little you know and and
1: yeah. and everything being so on the I'll get yeah' I'll, it's everything being so on the nose like when she comes back and for Christmas she gets a, a makeup kit I mean <laughs> yeah oh we get it you don't understand her okay I think we I think we've probably we've you know we checked that box off about an hour <laughs> right. ago um, and and so you know so it, it was just like so all of the scenes I, I really felt the movie was let down when she was stateside uh you know the scenes that took place in afghanistan uh and and that uh you know and and the the relationships uh with the fellow soldiers the re obviously the relationship with uh with rex the dog uh you know i i I thought that was really um uh fleshed out really uh the film the film
2: even has a romance that works pretty good absolutely it doesn't feel absolutely it it does
1: And does not feel tacked on at all um but you know just and you know and i and i i loves me some bradley whitford and i'm just like oh you you took this part because you got that one speech kind of yeah and and yeah. and it's like you know other than that you know and it's uh yeah but he's that, not
2: it, it, he's not super helpful either i mean the movie's smart to show well, him as as being a more understanding guy but he, he, he sort of lets her mm-hmm. walk all over him at the same time, which isn't isn't getting her where she needs to be as a person.
1: Yeah, there. I mean, and and uh, so in that sense, uh, one of you. I mean, one of the things that I wish, like, because we talk about, I I and, and I agree with you, Shana, that the female voice, um, and the fact that this was uh, written, you know, at least two of the three writers credited here are women, uh, directed by a woman. I you know, and that to me is a very important. Um, element to this to to how this story is told and to me I kept wondering you know I kept I kept going uh, you know well that's clearly what Rex you know what Rex needed Rex needed that that female energy that's probably what was missing in his life Uh, to to, to, you know that in terms of you're shaking your head you don't think that that's true at all you think that Rex would have been fine with any owner uh, what's that? So I said you would think... have been, you. You you thought that Rex would have been fine with any with any handler with any owner.
3: No, but I want to go back a little bit because I you guys kept talking and I wanted to make a point. Your turn. Uh, so, was Edie Falco maybe a little over the top, and you know almost to a point where it didn't jive with the movie? Yes. Why? because they had 10 minutes to set up Megan's entire life yeah. to get to the meat. Yeah. But the part, hold on, the hard part is that all of that is why that happened. So within 10 minutes you have to ex- incredibly strongly show how horrible her life was and Rather than looking at each time she acted and how over the top it seemed, or you know the makeup kit, or you know looking at these separate things, you first see Edie Falco's uh, character on the phone saying, "I can't have her just staying at home and not having a life or whatever." So my first thing was, "Oh, this mom has this deadbeat kid," and then you're watching Megan be a deadbeat kid and so that affects you like what an awful kid you know and then it's mm-hmm. going on and it shows her leaving for the military and her mom goes into her room and she's like what's this what's this marine marine thing on I you know uh and right away she says mom I think there's some pot in the top drawer for as left over you know and the next thing, the officers at the boot camp are yelling at them to get off the phone, at her to get off the phone. Bam. Mm-hmm. So you're still kind of like, what is this? And then, you know, it goes through all of her work at boot camp and what she learns about herself. I mean, there's a lot going on there about her learning about herself. And um, then she gets to graduation. And the graduation is really quick, and you see everybody celebrating and to get, getting together, and Ma- Megan walking away alone. Again, not a people person, doesn't relate. I know that message they hit you over the head with, but then that kind of one time, and then you start noticing it, and then Edie Falco and her and the woman's stepdad come. They have completely missed the entire ceremony, the, the, the graduation. And then, you know, you see, you start seeing, oh, well, I missed it. Oh, well, and then the stepdad comes up and he, you can see he's just like, you know, not a strong character and how the mom is. And then you see when Megan continues off the screen, oh, well, it's not like we didn't drive 400 hours to get here or anything. And all of this is very quickly building your impression because you only have this time. Uh, And then they go and they have, you know, the wife is having a drink at, at the booth at a restaurant with her daughter. And the dad is at, you know, stepdad's at the bar not paying attention and you see this conversation between the mom and the daughter uh and you find out that her dad didn't even make it and then the mom is mad like he owes me two thousand dollars in alimony and megan says well you, you had sex with his best friend you got you're paid you know And so you're finding out all these things, really fast, really big. Uh, Turns out the mom wants the money if her daughter is killed. That's her point of being there. So it's very fast, it's very over the top, it's very tacky, all of that. And then she she goes to war and it's like the whole movie changes, you know? And it becomes about who Megan is learning who she is and who she is with this dog and who they are together and all of this, the seriousness of it. And then she comes back stateside and she gets a makeup kit. You know, is it over the top? Yes, it is. But for a woman with a crappy mom, is that probably the truth? Most likely, yes, it is. And it sucks. And it shows even further how Megan was so beat down, her only friend died, uh, her mom was awful, her dad didn't show up, her stepdad isn't strong, you know, all this stuff. I don't know, it, for me, it worked. And I understand how it can seem very over the top. Yes, it is, yeah. But you know what, those people are over the top and they're that way, you know? I don't there's know. A, it worked for
2: me. There's an old Philip Seymour Hoffman's thing because he says when he was accused of being too too over the top, what he's like, just go ride the subway, man. Look at that guy I, and look at this person. I'm
3: not but, being over the top. But I'm I'm in you Joel's defense, reality.
2: yeah, in Joel's defense, from a if you step outside the fact that there are people like that and that there are relationships like that work, there's a way there's a way that movies and this is a really good movie but this is a fair criticism of it there's a way that a a movie can get single-minded about something that that exhausts you makes you sick of it in a way that has nothing to do with the story that you broke down for us that has just it it has in the way that the movie's truth stops working on you very well and i i I do i i didn't mind it but i i'm with him in a way i was only able to kind of get halfway there with it because it's it, mm-hmm. it, it is I, what you I, describe, I, I essentially. I understand
3: that and I respect that definitely. Yeah. And that's again where I'm driven by emotion. You guys watch <laughs> right. you know, all the well, stuff I mean, that the, I really don't. But the forcefulness of it and the overtopness of it is actually truthful.
2: Yeah, I see what, you what you're You get saying. sick of
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> but this is real life for a lot of people imagine how sick of it they are and yes sure. it affects you in the movie yeah and you're kind of like ah.
1: no i i get that it's real life but this movie isn't real life this movie is telling a story and from a storytelling point of view uh to me it really let the story down that's 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 the entirety of the point that i was that i was trying to make uh, is that a, yeah, a little that, a
2: little more nuance and a little less of it being so on the nuts yeah. might have helped it. It, it it's hard to say though I know yeah. what Sean is saying uh, too you, you, you drive I the point really, home because there's a point being made there and it is Megan was involved kind of in this movie so there really is this sure yeah she was
3: if I may really quick yes nuance is great I agree I love a movie with a lot of nuance but they wanted to make this ten minutes as impactful as right. they could, right. annoy the crap out of you, and get to what the movie's about. The movie isn't about her mom, but and, they and, to And show their
2: relationship me. does soften somewhat as the movie goes on.
3: And they need to show. When Megan is quickly.
2: better at being who she wants to be and isn't sort of this listless leaf being blown around in the wind that helps they needed
3: to show you quickly within 10 minutes bam yeah that's what that was now we move on
2: although you're not meat. really talking about the opening so much as when she comes first comes home from war right the puppy the it. makeup kit all that stuff
3: any of it I, any I, of I'm, all I'm, that any piece with ee e. falco in it had to be bam impactful mm-hmm. and did it annoy sure. you yes yeah uh, and Sean yes I love And, and Shauna, we're
1: we're actually we're actually agreeing. Um, however, what I'm saying is is you keep saying that we, you know, we only have ten minutes to do this, and so bam, it hits you. What I'm saying is, why do you only have ten minutes? Maybe spend those ten minutes uh uh doing you know, that to me that's a problem in the story if you're going, Well, we only have ten minutes to do this, so we gotta cram everything in there. To me, that's a problem in the
3: story. We, we don't
2: know what they were thinking,
3: but I yeah, but that's what that. I'm saying. You don't like it, and this is totally about what you like and what I like. I appreciate it because they gave you 10 minutes, pow, they hit you in the face with it, and now you understand in 10 minutes everything, and then they move on to what is the story about? I loved that they gave you everything to the point that you were so annoyed, but then they, they have to, because that's not what the movie's about. It's about Megan. It's about Megan in this situation, and Megan and this dog. You shouldn't even be thinking about that anymore.
2: That's yeah, true. This we we probably is. spent too much time on it as it is. Mm-hmm.
3: I don't what? want 20 well, yeah. minutes, 30 minutes, setting up all this. And that's not what I'm, I'm saying
1: either. I'm saying that they could have spent that, you know, frankly, you could have done, in my opinion, and now I'm, I'm not going to, I, I can't say how they could have done this, but I bet there would be a way to do it in five minutes that would have been more effective.
2: Perhaps uh, So.
3: nuance in there that fast.
2: Hard to say. It, yeah, it, you know it, what, you could have done really, it with it. We really try, as a rule, around here, not to review something for what it's not. Yeah, Yeah, It's good that you were affected by what it was, because it was a deliberate take, both from the actor, but on the page, the whole, the from, you know, that that character and that whole Mm -hmm. mother-daughter thing was a, it was a barrel house of a thing. They did that; it didn't happen by accident. That part we can be sure of,
3: and it's why the story happened.
2: Yeah, well, and I would also go to a large degree. It is.
3: I would say, again, this is a woman's movie told by a woman, about a woman, directed by a woman. And this woman goes into the army. And without, you know, I, I appreciated they were so subtle about the sexism yeah. that they didn't hit you over the head with it. As a matter of fact, you didn't think she might get raped. That was my first thought.
2: That was too. So in
3: I've, anybody's I, face.
2: I'm a Hold bit on. of an innocent Hold when on. it comes to Hold that on. sort of stuff.
3: So that wasn't shoved in anybody's face. That was beyond nuanced. That was beautiful because the story's not about that either. They let it go to, she then, you know, gets to go. She's going go to go into Iraq. Well, are you going to get your panties in a pretzel because we don't let women go into battle? You have to stay at the checkpoint. Is that going to be a problem? No, sir, it's not. She does so well on her first one where they didn't find a bomb in the car or anything. They wake her up at night and send her in on a mission that she finds all of these guns. Mm -hmm. The guys didn't do it. She did. She's not even supposed to be there. Why is she there? Because her mom is obnoxious. Don't, and makes don't forget it it's a dog
2: movie. movie. Rex uh-huh. had a hand in Finding the yeah. Guns, <laughs> too.
3: Well, sure. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. But that,
2: that team accomplished dog. that. That's absolutely true. But
3: yeah. That's what, to me, the first part shouldn't be nuanced for our enjoyment. That's not what she lived. The nuance was all of the sexism that she experienced. They didn't hit you over the head with she, that in any way
2: in her and story and in, in her book she's it. very she's very worshipful of rex she's very apologetic for the military and she's ruthless with her parents and the movie follows those exactly the same mm-hmm. but that shouldn't turn you off from watching uh, Megan Levy it's really really good no
1: it absolutely no, not it, isn't. it, it is, is
3: heated f- if it wasn't this yeah. good right. i'm going to watch it tonight again
2: nice you going to make jimmy watch it
3: Oh yeah, I already told him. Gonna Thanks sit- for introducing me for it, even though you took the good movie.
2: <laughs> well, it was part of why I wanted to do the show. Joel and I talked about this on an end-of-year episode where I was pretty effusive about it. But you know, I, we felt like we could talk about it more, and uh, good. And I thought it's a it's 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 a movie I love to share with people because I really think it's very it's tremendously moving from a, a bond with a dog and a person's story. I really think it gets that part. It just nails well, it every time that's a thing and that's a thing you know constantly throughout
3: it's an amazing dog story and it's just an amazing story
2: yeah i mean
3: it really for me sorry joel i didn't mean to come down so hard on you women's rights and all you know uh,
2: <laughs> yeah get with the program joel let me, yeah. talk.
3: let me talk i'm backing it up uh but anyway i just I loved this movie. I love this movie. And thank you. I, I mean, this was awesome for me.
2: Sure. Yay. Yay.
3: And I love all you, right. I love oh, you
2: hey, too.
1: I
3: love you. T- I love you. Shana. I love you, Shauna.
1: I, okay. Yeah, I hate I, all I, of
2: you. Um, well,
1: yeah. I'm uh, Ryan's a not a people person. Um, bring all on right, folks, the dogs bring on the dog here. I'll tell Well, Real quick, this will be a nice feet. way to end
2: the show instead of For talking about dog feet. trends in Hollywood.
1: Boom! We'll just Who's that just up in the corner our...
2: with you, giving you a kiss?
1: Yeah, that's um, that's my dog Merle, who has since passed on several years ago, but this my wife happened to catch the moment um, that Merle chose us. Uh, I had been picking up all the different corgi puppies, and this one was kind of frisky and kind of just aloof, and um <laughs> Picked it up and I looked at him he, and he looked at me and
2: Bart's frisky and aloof his whole life. Yep, I can attest yep. to there that. There we go. <laughs> Yep. The dog
1: and, he, and he and he licked my
3: his dog. Yep.
1: Yeah. I picked up Well, I picked him up and I looked at him and and he licked my face and we're like, yep, yep, this is him. This is him. So that's Merle. And then um, I I don't know if we have. Let me get out of the way here so Shauna can introduce us to.
2: Yeah, we've seen those guys to, running around yep, in we've the seen background. Those
1: guys in the background.
2: But that's a great one where they're just using your face as a bed.
3: First of all, I love to nap and so do my dogs. And Rudy, like his head was on my face and I didn't even notice. I didn't wake up or anything. And Jimmy took the picture. It was really funny, but I I have a really, a story that I want to try to make really quick. I'm sorry. I know I have a problem with that. So we tried to talk my husband, Jimmy, into getting a dog, Lou and my son, Lou and I, for six years. No, no, that's the dumbest job dot idea ever, you know? And he'd had a dog, I Lou and I never had. And turns out he was traveling with his job all the time. I was working full-time, and, and now I understand why that was a really stupid idea. But then, He got a job in Cleveland and we were in the process of selling our house and packing up and moving here. And Lou was just a mess. He was so anxious and sad. And I mean, it was horrible. And so I went out to lunch with Renee Smith. And Renee knew how much uh, Ryan knows Renee. We went to high school together. Renee knew how much we wanted a dog in the whole process and we went out to lunch and Renee looked at Lou and she said, ask your dog, dad for a dog. Now I bet you'll get one.
0: <laughs> Renee, it just nice.
3: sent the, you know, the <laughs> wheels spinning. Yep. And so Jimmy was already working in Cleveland and living here. And we flew to Cleveland. We get to the airport and you take this escalator down and that's where people will wait for you or whatever, it's the baggage claim. At the end of the the escalator, there's Jimmy standing all excited to see us. And Lou looks up at me, he goes, can I ask him? I'm like, go ahead. He runs down the escalator, runs up to Jimmy, gives him this huge head hug and says, I love you. Can we get a dog? (laughs) Jimmy just looked at him and went, Okay. <laughs> so that? So that's how we got Louie, which is the boy dog who's four now. <clears throat> Excuse me. We got him as a puppy, and he is Lou's best friend. That dog <clears throat> got him through, you know, the toughest thing in his life, leaving his life in Minnesota and moving here. And he was miserable. He was a very He is a very shy person and he was miserable for the first year. And the only thing that made him feel better was coming home and this unconditional love of this dog, you know, I fed the dog. Rudy loves me, loves Jimmy, but he's Lou's dog. So this happened. And over time, Jimmy began to love this dog as much as any of us and I wanted another dog, and I was like, "Oh, how am I going to, how am I going to get this approved?" And he's <laughs> um, like, never going to say yes. So I go to him and I say, "Jimmy, we need another dog." It's like, "Stop! No!" I'm like, "No, no, we do." I said, "I'm home with Rudy all day. I mean, he's a huge part of my life. When he passes, when he is gone, I don't know how." That whole, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. That's all I said. Okay. So, and I said, and I want a girl because you're a boy, Lou's a boy, Rudy's a boy, (laughs) I want a girl.
2: Well, plus boy girls and dog girls typically get along a little bit better than dogs mm -hmm. of the same sex. It depends. It depends on the dog. But in general, that's a relationship that's a little easily a little more easily merged you know even when they're fixed or even when you know they still they take to each other in a more harmonious way a little easier for the most part so
3: and i don't think it's i mean i think boys are generally more alpha kind you know what i mean and if there's two that doesn't do well so as it turns out lou was really angry and did not want a second dog And we just eventually just did it. And now we got Posey, my dog, and she is my dog and I am her person. Mm -hmm. And now he loves her and Lou and Jimmy just loves these dogs. And even today we're out walking. He's like, we need a third beagle. We need to (laughs) rescue a beagle. So who knows, but Jimmy needs his dog and he wants to be a dog's person.
2: Nice. All right. It leaves me that about born, twenty baby. seconds to tell my dog story. <laughs> um, that, that picture, you can barely see him down there, but that's you barely see him that, but he's
1: on our Facebook page. That's we'll see Cisco, page.
2: Um, you can see his eyes peeking out. He's planning his escape already in that picture. He he does he did not nap on my face or anything. He was my roommate's dog. He, I wasn't even his person. She was very much his person, and he wouldn't come hang out with me unless I was eating something. Then he would come find me, which I always hurt my feelings. But to be the second person in Cisco's life, and Joel, you knew Cisco a little bit, was was a unique, was a was a, uh, incredible honor. We will say. Because he was just this min-pin terrier thing that barked at everybody. And, and he liked people, but he was instinctively just very territorial and, and would not warm up to people very quickly. It took him all kinds of time. He was very, very jumpy. So when he stopped barking at me when I would come over, it was months into my knowing him, and be happy to see me, that was a, a massive paradigm shift for him as a dog. And he was that way all the way to the end of his life. And I, every time I would come visit, it would be this: "What you're talking about? This? It's you? I, it's somebody I know?" Like at first, mm-hmm. I'm, "What? What's going on?" But then, as soon as I, as soon as you sense that recognition, I had a dog like- that was mine when I was a teenager. That we that we really did bond. We lived in the basement together, the house I grew up in. And I I think it was just as simple as that. I think it's that proximity. Dog is banished to the basement. Ryan's the only one who kind of sleeps down here you know we're we're on the same team you know at least for a good mm-hmm. 12 hours of the day it's just us um but cisco's the most recent dog i had mm-hmm. cisco was really it's special. important
1: to note Mid- midnight love super tramp
2: yes i we we think that's because roger hodgson sings in the only pitches and tones that dogs can hear but i haven't been able <laughs> to prove that scientifically yet Yep. Yeah. Mindy yeah. did love Super Tramp. That's so weird. Every time I play Super Tramps, she come on. I in. that's the one thing I I vividly
1: remember. I'm that Like here, wa- I didn't watch, know, yeah.
2: watch this. <laughs>
1: and yeah, you'd play play a logical long, song long, and take the logical, long way home. Long in particular, home and, she really, really and liked. And she would go crazy
3: <laughs> in a good way. A friend, in a good way. I had a friend that had a dog that was not a barker, not anything except for when CSIs you know the opening music came on <laughs> this dog would howl to it every time
2: dogs are nice. awesome man if you need to be cheered up dog gifts and dog fails and just dogs doing their crazy dog things it's the most fun thing ever and
0: mm-hmm. i'm glad we
2: got to talk about these movies i'm glad yeah. we got to talk about our dogs well, a little well. bit and what they mean to yeah. us and if you it got any great. comments or dog stories of your own, please share on the, on the YouTube page, on the Facebook page. Joel will give you all the mm-hmm. addresses and crap.
1: Yeah, the movie show with Joel and Ryan page on Facebook at Ask Joel and Ryan on uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And of course, you can email us at AskJoelandRyan at gmail.com. Shauna, always Woo! great to see you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. so much for coming on.
2: We need you. you. It's fun to have you shake us out of our comfort zone and to really, we said, what did I say? To, to have a, you know, the balance of Y chromosomes be just a little bit off. I think that's very helpful right. to us. Well,
3: I'll bring the emotion in, and the passion. And uh, when I really get going, just let me go. Cause well, You we like are.
2: to think we're emotional, passionate guys, don't we? Oh too?
3: yes, you are, yeah. yes, yes. We'll
2: see. But with a, with a
1: um, you know, different chromosome, with the Y chromosome. Yeah. yeah right. but we're Y passionate and y emotional. <laughs>
2: all right love you guys i don't
1: even know what that means all right take care everybody thank you everybody for joining us this week on the movie show with joel and ryan and until next time
0: bye thank you for listening to the movie show with joel and ryan Remember, all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people, institutions, or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with, unless explicitly stated. None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out.